Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hello, friends from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer, and you are listening to Untorn on Untorn.net or watching Untorn uh, from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer from Infusion. It's good to be with you guys, and we've been looking at this whole idea as of late in our time together uh, in this series about running and how often we put forward an effort with different things and different aspects of life, and we look back on it, and sometimes we look back on it with regret. We look at we look back on things with remorse, and I've got to tell you, many, there are many, many times in my life where I've kind of looked back and wondered, what was the point of that? What did I just do? And um, I had the opportunity tonight to uh, go back to Roberts Wesleyan and, and announce a, a volleyball game, and it's the first time I've had the chance to, to announce in over a year. I can't believe it, uh, and I miss it. I miss it. I miss the folks there. I miss... Uh, I've missed the volleyball team, uh, I've missed the basketball team, but it was so cool to be back and, and provide a, uh, uh, a unique option that I think um, the Lord has given me a talent to be a part of, and that's sports announcing. So um, that's why we're a little, a little bit late tonight with doing Untorn, uh, but we're looking at this whole idea of running, putting forth an effort and wondering is it truly worth it there are there are many good options out there but there are a few great things that you and I have the chance to be a part of and so with that being said uh, we are looking at this whole idea of righteousness tonight running for righteousness running towards righteousness running towards proper relationship the last time uh, we got together with one another we we looked at running towards friendship and, and truly examining what, what godly friendship looks like and, and how to operate in, in that unique fashion with, with someone where you can call them at 2 o'clock in the morning because you're going through a life difficulty or a life problem. and uh, It's so neat to have friendships that are like that, even if they're halfway around the world, uh, to be able to pick up right where you left off. There's something special and very very unique about that. You cherish and hold on to those friendships. That's not something that you just let go. Well, the best friendship that you can have, the best relationship of all, is a relationship with Jesus. And that's ultimately what the terminology righteousness is is all about. It's not some sort of uh, huge church word that is um, something that we can't understand. Uh, righteousness is simply this. It's being in right relationship with God. It's connecting with him through the blood of, of Jesus Christ. And I love the chance uh, and the opportunity to be able to talk about this with people on the internet like this or uh, 
through youth retreats or even some of the conversations I have after sports announcing. I have the chance to be able to talk to people about what it is that I do and, and uh, have the chance to explain, man, this is so much fun to be able to talk to people about Jesus. Um, so with that being said, let's tonight look at and dive into uh, this whole idea of righteousness and how righteousness comes through uh, faith. It's a response of faith in, in Jesus' name. I want to pray with you, and we'll dive into Philippians chapter 3 as we continue in the series called Running. Running towards righteousness, making sure that our efforts are in response to God's love for you and for me. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the opportunity tonight to dive into your word. Uh, thank you that we can uh, really share this time of broadcasting life, broadcasting love with one another. And um, Lord, you know what our country is going through. You know what we are dealing with personally. And I pray, Lord, that we would have the opportunity these next few moments in our time together to, to be able to soak in your word that would saturate, that it would come alive in us, uh, that we would respond to it in passion and in truth uh, and with the love that you have for us, Lord. Help us to be in right relationship with you. And if we don't know what that fully looks like and if we don't know how to fully embrace it, Lord, uh, I pray that you'd show us the way. So may, may, your, may your scripture light up and illuminate the different areas of our lives where conviction might be needed. Lord, allow conviction to take place. Uh, where encouragement is needed, Lord, bring encouragement. And now, Lord, as we as we read your word, may the words that are shared, meditations of our hearts, be good and pleasing and thoughtful to you. Thanks, God. Amen. Hey, it's good to be with you guys again. Welcome aboard. Uh, so this is Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And if you're just joining in, we're looking at what it means to run towards righteousness tonight. So here we go. This is uh, Philippians 3, starting at verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh too. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcision on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But... Whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them, count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is reading of the word of the Lord out of 
Philippians chapter 3. Thanks be to God for this reality. Man, there is so much to dive into and read and look at and interpret and, and kind of just hold on to when it comes to this passage. And some of us might get hung up on the, the idea of, well, why is Paul bragging? Why is he boasting? What's he getting at? What he's basically sharing here is saying, if anyone has the right to brag about condition or placement in life or background, he's saying, here's my credentials. Here's what I've got. Now, he doesn't hold this over anybody's head. He just shares, listen, I'm not using this as a tool to brag, but if I wanted to, I could, and here's why. Pharisee, someone of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and then he, he wraps it up, these credentials, these credits, he wraps it up by saying, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And this is not of his own doing. This is not of his own accord. This is just something where he says, this is part of my identity. It's part of who I am. And without that blameless category, all the other stuff means nothing. So right at the top of this passage, it says to rejoice. This week, I've had the chance to challenge the camping ministry class that I'm teaching at Roberts Wesley, and I I said to them, let's think about what a theology or having a theology of joy or having a theology of fun would look like. We dug up some scripture dealing with joy, and um, Zach, who's part of the infusion team, for those of you who know Zach, he said there are, according to, to his online Bible, there are 245 references for joy in Scripture. Think about that. 245. Now, we love to talk about the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the different qualities of who God is and what He does. But when it comes down to something like this, what we find in verse 1, Finally, my brothers, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. It's one thing to take joy or be happy in whatever circumstances might be going on around you. But my joy needs to rest and lean into the Lord. Oftentimes we replace joy with, like I said, happiness, temporary satisfaction, something to uh, get ahead in life in the moment. But in reality, we need to go deeper. We need to go beyond the surface of what we see, what we what we look at. We need to go deeper and have our joy be dependent upon the Lord. And that's where Paul gives this warning in verse 2 to look out for the evildoers. Look out for those that are going to devour you and, and mutilate you. Avoid them. Because they're going to stand by their credentials. They're going to be about what they do within themselves as to how they are ahead of other people. That's pride. So beware of those that love to focus on and attach themselves to prideful ways and means. Oh, by the way, if we want to dive into pride, here's my background. And that's where the litany, the list of what Paul is getting at, shows up in this passage in verses 3, 4, and 5. 
But again, you have that that pivot, that turn in verse 6, where specifically it says, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. There's, there's another part of his background that's not so hot in that case. But when it comes to the second part, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And for the rest of the passage, in, in verses 7 through 11, what we read there, what we see there in verses 7 through 11, are what is classified as to what makes him blameless in the first place. My wife's just getting home from work. Hi, hon. She has a she has stuff on her head. Come come here. Come say hi to everybody. If you want to write a comment and say hi, Marie, go ahead. Say hi, Marie. That's fine. <laughs> Those of you on the on the live chat. So here she is. Hi. <laughs> we do things weird around here. Anyway, I'll catch up with her later. So <laughs> Don't throw the boot. Don't throw your shoe at me. But that was kind of scary. All right. So continuing on verses seven through 11, get back to the point of what allows Paul to say and declare that he is blameless. Now he's not using this as a, as some sort of, um, stepping stone of pride or, or to get ahead. But he's saying, I can be blameless and guess what? You can be too. There's something really cool about that when you think about it. We can be blameless. And Lord knows I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. My wife knows I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. And if we were to truly be honest with one another, we would all agree and say, you know what? I've made mistakes too. So to be able to carry around that title of being blameless in the midst of all the labels that are out there and in the midst of all the crazy things that, that we could attach ourselves to and our identity to what we get at, at the, at the very core of all this is we are blameless in Jesus name. Let's read verse verses seven through 11 again, break it down. But whatever gain I had, I count it as loss. I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. So again, Paul is saying, even, even if I wanted to, uh, hold on to and be attached to the former ways of life. Guess what? I don't. I don't want them because I, I'm going to count it as loss. Because everything that Christ has established in me is better than anything that I can establish in myself. And isn't that true? Isn't that something that that we should hold on to? Those of you who call yourselves believers in Jesus' name or walk according to the ways of God, and and, and even if you don't. There's something greater out there to behold or something greater out there that, that is available for your life. And that is Jesus that, that wants relationship with you. And, and that is the, the best thing available. There's a lot of good options out there. There's a lot of good opportunities, but there are a few great things. And the one greatness that you and I can be a part of is, is part of the kingdom under the blood of Jesus. Doesn't mean life will get easy. We've talked about that in the context of untorn before. But what that does mean is, is your life now has meaning and purpose. You're living life beyond yourself. You're not living life selfishly. You're living it selflessly. Count these things as loss for the sake of Jesus. 
Again, he reiterates in verse 8, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. There's worth there. There's value. And, you know, I know we make value judgments all the time. We just came off of an election. And I'm not going to dive into the specifics pre-election, during election, or post-election. But what we do ultimately cast our, our, our ballot for is what we value or the person that we think is going to carry forward the values, the values and the ideals that we uh, ascribe to. Or sometimes we cast a ballot to avoid the values of others that we are not in agreement with. <laughs> Picking the lesser of two evils, so to speak. But when it comes to verse 8, here's Paul saying, I'm ascribing worth, I'm ascribing value to this relationship with the Lord through Jesus because that is so much better than anything that I can have in, in the midst of my own stuff. And I want to experience this reality. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. I count those things as rubbish. It's trash. It's junk. It's garbage. That's not to say that we shouldn't have wallets or, or devices or things like that. But if, if these things got in the way of what we can truly be about or what we should be about in following after Christ, then this is garbage. Even this podcast as much as I love doing it, if this gets in the way of my relationship with Jesus, then I shouldn't do it. Right? Would you agree? Please feel free to chime in and share back your thoughts if you're on the live feed right now, on the live broadcast. I want to hear from you. Guys, because I think we place a lot of stock and a lot of value on things that, that don't have a lot of eternal return. The concept in business terms is ROI, return on investment. Jesus' return on investment is huge. meant salvation for you and for me. meant relationship for you and for me. It means that we can move towards his righteousness. Right relationship with him. But we have to be equipped with the understanding that all the other things, when they get in the way of what God has for you and for me, those things are rubbish. And yet we will oftentimes exchange righteousness for rubbishness, if that's a word. Verse 9, found to be in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in Christ. Somebody's chiming in on my shirt. I wore this intentionally tonight. Basic training. Because some of this is the basic foundations of the faith. We have to move beyond the shallowness of life and move into something deeper where we can be found in his righteousness. Not that, that it's a righteousness of our own, but it's a righteousness that he establishes in you and in me. It comes through faith. That's that's a response of, of, of love. And I may know him, the power of his resurrection. 
What do you desire to know tonight? There are many different questions and things that kind of pop into my brain, goofy ones at times, sometimes biblical ones, sometimes wondering what is going through that person's head. What are you thinking? Sometimes wonder that about my kids. I'm sure my kids wonder that about me. I, I wonder it sometimes with, with uh, students I interact with at different camps and retreats. But at the end of the day, if, if there's a simple thing to sum up or surmise this entire time together in, in this untorn episode, it's verse 10. That I might know him. Power of his resurrection. Now, sometimes we'll say, you know what, I want that. I want, to, uh, I want to know him, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. Woohoo! Yeah, great. Amazing. But then the second part of verse 10, that I may share in his sufferings? Man, that, that, doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound uh, appealing. Oh, the sufferings that Jesus went through. Oh, by the way, he was whipped 39 times. He was, he was beaten beyond recognition. He wore a crown of thorns. He was, em- he, he was embarrassed. Not that he himself was embarrassed, but, but what they did to him would be, I think, considered cruel and unusual. They made him drag up his own torturing device up a hill to the place where he would be crucified. Context, folks. So yeah, you might want to know him. Yeah, you might want to know the power of his resurrection. That sounds great, but in the midst of resurrection, please understand that something has to die. You can't have resurrection unless something's dead. And that's part of the sufferings aspect. So this thing, this relationship, this righteousness with Jesus is not something that is flowery, rosy, easy, colorful, whatever. It's raw. It's real. There's death involved. It's not easy. In the last part of verse 10, becoming like him in his death. Are you willing to put down the rubbishness that's in your life for the sake of his righteousness that he has for you? Verse 11, that that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That means coming to life in Jesus' name. So, my friends, my untorn family, I want to know him. I want to know the power of the resurrection. But please understand when you invite that, you also invite the chance and the potential of sharing in his sufferings. Welcome to the family. And that, my friends, is tonight's Untorn. I leave you tonight with this question. Because I think it's important to, to answer a question like this. Is righteousness something that you want to be familiar with? 
or is righteousness something that you want to distance yourself yourself from and why please continue to remember to pray for our nation those of you who are watching this or listening to this outside of America please keep our country in prayer uh, Please remember to uh, keep the number one relationship at the forefront of your reality, and that's relationship with Jesus. And so from Studio 14B, I'm your host, Jay Trainer. Until next week, right here on Untorn, we will be going live once again, hopefully around 9 o'clock, right here on Untorn.net. You've been listening to or watching Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love. Please remember, answer that question. His righteousness, is it something that you want to be familiar with or is it something that you want to distance yourself from? And the question after that is, why? Thanks for being part of this. I love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you right here next time on untorn.net.
Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.